You know, one in eight couples will have trouble conceiving or sustaining a pregnancy. While many are surprised by this, they're certainly not alone. The good news is there are now treatments available to help almost everyone conceive. Dr. Ellie Hobeka, a reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialist here at FCI, is with us today to help us better understand what we need to know about fertility and infertility. This is the Time to Talk Fertility podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Howell. Dr. Hobeka, so nice to have you back on with us again today. Thank you for having me back, Deborah. I've asked you this question before, but for our new listeners, just what is infertility? So infertility has historically been defined as the inability to conceive with intercourse after trying for 12 months in heterosexual couples. However, we recommend now doing a diagnostic evaluation after 12 months if the female partner is younger than 35 years of age and 6 months if the female partner is 35 years of age or older. We do a workup as well in the setting of known factors that will prevent the ability of someone to conceive naturally, such as a tubal ligation, a vasectomy procedure, or in the presence of irregular periods or others. Okay, that's fair enough. How prevalent is infertility? Infertility is pretty common, and as you mentioned in your introduction, it affects one in eight couples. However, it's important to note that its incidence has been on the rise in both developed and underdeveloped countries recently. Wow, that's incredible. So what are some of the common causes of infertility for women? The most common cause of infertility in women are disorders of ovulation, which manifest as irregular periods. Other causes include occlusions of the fallopian tubes, anatomical lesions affecting the uterus, such as polyps, fibroids, and in other cases, the cause remains unknown. Okay, and how about men? A decreased number of sperm is the main cause of infertility in men, and this could result from exogenous administration of testosterone, certain hormonal disorders, and medical conditions that could affect men, and in addition as well to vasectomy procedures. Mm -hmm. Okay, and are there any other causes of infertility that are maybe less common? Yeah, there are some rare conditions in men and women that lead to the inability to conceive. Some of them are genetic, such as cystic fibrosis, for example, and others occur for reasons that we still do not fully understand yet. How about age? You spoke earlier about, you know, under 35 and over 35. How does age affect fertility? It is the age of the female partner that affects fertility the most. The eggs are present in the ovaries before the female is born. So with time, certain proteins in those eggs get denatured. Thus, the reproductive potential and performance of those eggs, when mixed with sperm, worsens with time, making pregnancy less likely to occur. There's also an increase in errors in development, and that's why there's a higher chance of miscarriage with an older age. Are there tests that determine your fertility potential? Unfortunately not. Patients come all the time asking for a fertility checkup, and I tell them that the best way to see if a patient can conceive is to have her try and see if she gets pregnant or not. What we can do is that we can check her ovarian reserve. We can check some hormones that may affect pregnancy. We can make sure tubes are open. We can check that the uterus is a safe place for the embryo to attach. We can make sure that there's a good number of sperm in the ejaculate of the male. But that does not mean that all of these components will work when put to action. So we cannot guarantee that a pregnancy for will occur. We will do the evaluation in the setting where they tried and they have been unable to conceive to try to understand the reason why it has not worked yet. 
Sure, understandable. Now, what types of treatments are available for those struggling with infertility? Treatments for infertility vary based on etiology. The most common treatments include inducing ovulation with oral medication, followed by intrauterine insemination, and this is a fancy word for washing sperm and putting it inside the uterus, or in vitro fertilization or IVF, and this is where eggs and sperm are mixed together in our lab to create an embryo that is then transferred back inside the uterus. However, one should not forget that treatments for fertility could be surgical. They could involve the use of somebody else's egg, such as a donor egg, or somebody else's sperm, such as donor sperm, or the use of a gestational carrier. And lastly, treatment may involve medication to treat hormonal conditions purely, either in males or the females. Oh, so many, many options. How can lifestyle choices affect your fertility? Lifestyle choices are very impactful on fertility. I encourage all individuals to maintain a consumption of caffeine that is under 200 milligrams per day. As far as alcohol consumption, it is okay for women to consume two to three servings of alcohol per week preceding the week of ovulation. We are a little bit more lenient with men, and it's okay for them to consume up to six to seven servings per week. It is very clear to us now that smoking is a big toxin and affects fertility in both partners on so many levels. So I urge all couples trying to conceive to quit smoking immediately. Is this tobacco or all smoking? That's smoking cigarettes, tobacco, yes. And I would do the same as well for marijuana and illegal drugs, although the data for marijuana on fertility is not so clear yet. But it's generally a toxin and may not be the smartest thing to consume marijuana while trying to conceive. And then let's go back to coffee again. You mentioned 200 milligrams. How much is that? So 200 milligrams is the equivalent to 16 ounces of coffee. So, okay, so. the, the one cup, eight ounce is equivalent to 100 milligrams. Okay. And two cups would make it up to 200 milligrams per day. Okay, so two cups a day or less. Or less. But one should also account for the sources of caffeine that could be present in energy drinks and protein shakes and pre-workouts as well. And also chocolate has a little bit of caffeine in it, right? Yeah, very minimal though. Okay. And speaking Perfect. of chocolate and things, what kind of diet is best to boost fertility? I am a big believer that food is medicine. So being on a Mediterranean or a Greek diet has been shown to improve fertility naturally and in couples doing treatment as well. This consists mostly on relying on fish and seafood as main source of your animal proteins and getting most of your fats from plant-based sources such as avocados, olive oils, nuts, peanuts. Eating a lot of fruits and vegetables since those are a good source of fibers and antioxidants and limiting the consumption of red meats and processed foods in general. Are there supplements you can take to improve fertility and are they different for men and women? Yeah, there's very good evidence that coenzyme Q10, which is an antioxidant, is beneficial for both men and women as it improves egg and sperm quality. It is important that women take a prenatal vitamin daily containing 800 micrograms of folic acid or more. As far as additional supplements, I would recommend that on a case-to-case -case basis, and I encourage that couples check with their providers on whether or not they should be taking those additional supplements or not. What words of wisdom do you have, Dr. Hobeka, for someone who suspects they are struggling with infertility? I would like to say here that infertility is a disease. It is not voluntary, it is not a punishment, and definitely not something to be ashamed of. I encourage people to seek help as soon as possible. 
talk to a fertility specialist. Seeing me of my colleagues does not necessarily mean that you have to do IVF or even any other treatment. Sometimes all what we do is give guidance and reassurance, and that could be all what you need to conceive. Anything else you'd like to add at this point? For all those struggling with infertility, I want to let you know that you are not alone. We feel you and we are here for you. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us. Perfect. And, you know, that's such a great idea. Reaching out is the very first step in success. Such great information, Dr. Hobeka. Always so wonderful to have you with us today. Thanks for being with us to share your expertise. Thank you, Deborah, and have a very happy new year. That was Ellie Hobeka, a reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialist here at FCI. Schedule an appointment to talk to a fertility specialist at 877-324-4483 or visit fcionline.com for more information. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find more like it in our podcast library. And be sure to give us a like and a follow if you do. This has been the Time to Talk Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Howell. Have yourself a terrific day.